Jody Vance in for Jill this week. Once again, U.S. politics, tons to break down, even in just the last 24 hours. Never mind the last couple of hours, to be honest with you. Our global news producer reporter in the U.S. Capitol, Reggie Cicchini, is checking in with us right now. Hey, Reggie. Good afternoon. So I spun the wheel and decided where to start because there's that much to unpack with you today. It is absolutely remarkable watching Twitter roll by and what is trending. But certainly, first and foremost, let's start with the COVID-19 numbers. Uh, Where are we at overall in the U.S. right now? Yeah, so just within the last little while, the U.S. actually surpassed 117,000 when it comes to the number of people who have uh, died from a confirmed case of COVID-19. The problem is the numbers are on the rise, notably in the U.S. south across the Sun Belt, essentially running from Florida all the way to uh, California, where places like Florida and Texas and Arizona are all seeing numbers uh, on the plus side of 25% when it comes to an increase in cases and in one you know, small isolated case here in in uh, Alabama, there are reports that there is a plus 150 percent increase uh, in cases and hospitalization. So this is a, a an extremely um, serious virus that is not releasing its grip on the U.S. Those are terrifying numbers. And we, we know now because we've seen the studies, even in this brief time of being in this pandemic, we get into the doubling of numbers and things just take off and spike. Uh, we did get some intel from Oklahoma officials, uh, the highest numbers ever there. What does that mean for the upcoming Trump rally? What, three days from now in Tulsa? Yeah, it's happening on Saturday, and you're right. The highest numbers uh, reported to date so far in Oklahoma and in Tulsa. And this is going to be problematic for the president's campaign and for their team as they try to pack 20,000 people into uh, the BOK Center in Tulsa for this rally. Uh, you know, we've been told that campaign organizers are going to be handing out masks and and, and hand sanitizer to the attendees, but there is no uh, uh, guarantee that there's going to be enforcement to ensure that those masks are worn. There's also a concern that there's not going to be any social distancing measures inside that arena when you're packing that many people inside. And it actually led to uh, a lawsuit that was filed by a number of attorneys to try and stop this rally from happening. A judge kind of threw it out the window, but they're now taking it to the state's Supreme Court, simply saying that this is going to be a uh, quote unquote super spreader uh, and Mm -hmm. potentially make a dire situation that much worse. Did I hear uh, Dr. Fauci being quoted about whether or not he was going to attend? Obviously, he said no, but he was actually urging people to self-isolate after if they're going to attend this to try and self-isolate for 14 days after. Yeah, Fauci has said that he wouldn't attend any uh, kind of rally like this because that goes against the task force that's now been sidelined uh, messaging to not be in large clusters of people, uh, especially if you're in an area where the number of cases are on the increase. Dr. Fauci's kind of been uh, vocal on a couple of uh, networks and radio stations since the message is no longer broadcast publicly from the White House, but he's already called this a nightmare. Uh, and he, yes, there have been health officials that said any attendee who goes to this rally needs to get tested before, needs to get tested afterwards, uh, and then needs to put themselves into self-isolation. But unfortunately, the man that they're going to see doesn't really support any of those mitigation efforts. So it's unlikely that we'll see a majority of the people in that room or in that stadium uh, practice any of those uh, 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 cautions that are being sent to them. Well, it's unbelievable. Highly unlikely that they would, given the uh, op-ed piece penned by Vice President Mike Pence. It's in reading it, it was it came across as downright dangerous. 
Well, I mean, look, it's it's dangerous and it was factually incorrect. It was riddled with cherry-picked facts that uh, make the administration look uh, like it did a better job at handling this coronavirus outbreak from the very beginning. Uh, what is the most dangerous part of this is Mike Pence saying that the media has turned this into fear-mongering uh, when what the media is doing is presenting the facts that are wrong from the White House and juxtaposing those with the facts that are obvious and correct from science, or at least from the facts that are understood at the time, which we know can change as the weeks go on. But we also know that the vice president saying that a second conversations about a second wave being overblown are also simply just inappropriate because, yes, maybe talk of a second wave has been uh, a little bit overdone in the United States, but it's because we don't know about a second wave because we're not out of the first wave in the United mm -hmm. States yet. Yeah, and needing to learn from the first wave and how to mitigate and control and contain a possible second wave that would happen during flu season. It's a, just a bigger conversation than what seems to be reflective from those uh, in the current administration there. Let's pivot here, if you don't mind, Reggie, a couple of books coming out and one causing, uh, well, an NDA and perhaps some some suing on the sidelines from a familial standpoint. But there's a downright throwdown battle brewing between Donald Trump and uh, his former, um, what, hawk? In, in Bolton and his upcoming book. Yeah, look, this is causing a lot of stir in Washington right now, and it has a lot of people in the White House on edge, notably the president, uh, the former national security advisor, the third national security advisor of the Trump administration, penning this book that the Trump administration is actively trying to stop from making its way to the shelves, which likely not going to happen since half of it has been released already. There's an interview coming up on ABC, and uh, it's going to be in stores next Tuesday. Uh, but there are a lot of moments in this in this book that uh, would make anybody scratch their head, but notably what is being being discussed in this book, uh, you know, our, our visions that John Bolton has being a hawk when it comes to places like North Korea and China uh, and Iran, but the conversations that he has kind of uh, uh, discussed about the president and, and China's leader, Xi Jinping, and trying to use China to get him reelected again, trying to have conversations saying that, uh, you know, he wants to or would like to see a constitutional change that would allow him to have a longer term in office to be able to deal with China. Uh, these are questions that raise serious concerns that what is the president saying behind a closed door to these uh, dictators and, and other world leaders? And what are the damaging impacts that that is going to have long term on U.S. relations with that country and other countries around the world? So the book comes out on Tuesday. The book comes out on Tuesday. I mean, it's going to be a, a tough fight if the president wants to try and claw back that date. Uh, worth noting here, the president uh, and teams inside the White House and, uh, uh, you know, part of national security, they've had copies of this book for weeks and weeks and weeks and decided not to do anything about it. Uh, so it would be hard for any kind of judge to take the information and say, well, I guess we should put an injunction in place uh, when the information has been sitting in people's hands for weeks. I just want to bring this up. It's, it's, it's one of those moments of timing in this book that John Bolton is writing, uh, the president uh, is apparently in a conversation with China's leader about uh, Uyghur uh, camps, uh, re-education camps, and the president makes a note of saying, according to Bolton, that that's what they deserve and they should be in those camps. The president today signed uh, an order uh, calling for freedom uh, of Uyghurs in the western part of China. So, I mean, timing is everything here, trying mm. to get himself ahead of that book. Interesting. What about the other book that is Nieces penned? Uh, that book, I, I'm not familiar uh, with uh, with any other book that's coming out um, outside it's of this Bolton one. It, 
I heard about it when looking up the Bolton stuff after you uh, pointed me in that direction. I saw that Mary Trump's written a book of how our family created this dangerous monster. Uh, and apparently it, she had signed an NDA years ago, but that Donald Trump has come forward and said, you know, everything she's saying is is under, you know, confidentiality or whatever, which basically says what she's saying is true. But they've delayed that book till after November the 3rd, apparently. So we'll do a little digging around and maybe have some more on whether or not that is uh, substantiated or if it's just sort of skipping along the the surface when we check in with you tomorrow, Reggie. I'm going to pause here for a quick break because on the other side, we got big numbers out today uh, in terms of polling, Trump versus Biden. Jody and for Jill, continuing on checking in with Chikini, Reggie Chikini, our Global News Washington correspondent. And Reggie, uh, big numbers out today, polling wise, and big news of a new super PAC trying to turn some Republicans to Biden. Do explain. Yeah, I mean, we starting with those numbers. Uh, this kind of is a uh, tag along to those numbers that we saw from CNN that really upset the Trump administration and the president himself when he tried to go after CNN uh, for an apology. Uh, but these numbers from Reuters and Ipsos show that there is a, a kind of growing divide uh, between those who used to like the president uh, and may not be on his side anymore, uh, with the poll showing that Biden has a 13-point advantage over President Trump, uh, with registered voters saying that they would vote 48%, uh, registered voters saying uh, for Biden, 35% uh, for Donald Trump. What it also shows is that the president's disapproval rating is 57% uh, right now. That is a huge number. It's a massive uptick from where the president has been uh, as of late. The one thing that always needs to be discussed, though, with polls is that oftentimes they can be wrong or they can be misleading. We saw that in 2016. Uh, and these are all national polls that are being done, state-level polls are the ones that could uh, make it seem like the president's numbers aren't so dire right now. And that's where a lot of the pollsters are trying to get their acts in gear is to talk to those people that are inside a state to actually see what's going on. But nationally right now, it is still a big game and a big lead for Joe Biden. It's really quite something when talking about those polls and certainly that CNN poll, the, the rigmarole around that and the whole we're going to sue you for polling people that aren't even necessarily voters, just adults. Like it was just watching that exchange with the Trump lawyer was uh, just another sparkly thing in all of this. But we certainly can learn from 2016. And, and hopefully it doesn't have Democrats feeling a little unnerved because if people stay home thinking there's no way he can win again, uh, the United States ends up with similar results as 2016. But then there appears to be a super PAC trying to ensure that that doesn't happen because some of the Republicans are done with Donald Trump. Yeah, and this goes to show that there is a, a massive fracture forming within the Republican Party right now, and it's so split to the point that you're seeing Republicans now veer center of left or left of center to try and go towards the Democrats. There are two, a pair uh, of these right-wing or at least right-sided uh, political action campaigns. One of them uh, is uh, being led in part by Kellyanne Conway, the counselor to the president's husband. Uh, the second one is being led by former uh, uh, alum of the Trump administration and of the George W. Bush administration, uh, and it is actively trying to pull members from the GOP into the Biden campaign, or at least into the Biden side, to vote for him in November. This this is 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 almost unheard of to try and, and yeah. see somebody who is a Republican trying to actively get people to vote for the Democrat uh, in this election. It, 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 there, there is a fracture in this country. The president has made that gap incredibly wide, uh, and he could ultimately pay the price from it from not being able to unify his own party.
So just so we know, because some in Canada don't really understand what a, what a PAC is all about. These are the people that will, will ring those phones and go into the swing states and put out the banners and, and try and rally the people to, to vote for their candidate. And it would just be absolutely unheard of for a group, a large group of notable Republicans to actively campaign for the Dem- Democratic nominee. Yeah, they, they, they garner a lot of uh, attention and they dump serious amounts of money into mm. states, typically for uh, either a president or for uh, kind of an electoral hopeful, either at the state uh, or, or house level. Uh, and one of these packs, you know, they're, they're set to target voters in Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Pennsylvania. These are battleground states that the president needs to win some of them if he wants to have any kind of chance at a second term. And with that kind of money being spent from Republicans in these states, this could be a huge boost for Joe Biden tacked on to the Lincoln Project, which is also doing uh, a similar uh, uh, ad campaign by to go against the president. This is going to be uh, an arduous journey for the president over the next couple of months. That Lincoln Project, I've been following them on Twitter for quite some time. That's the George Conway, the Kellyanne Conway's husband's project, right? It is. Yeah. And he's a vocal critic yeah. of the president. He makes no, uh, you know, no exactly. hidden facts about that on Twitter. Uh, and, and he is a voice that is a respected, but b uh, heard across the Republican Party and they can have uh, definite sway, possibly not amongst the uh, the non-educated uh, uh, parts of the Republican Party that the president's base is oftentimes made up of. But he can go after the educated Republican and try to pull them over to their side fascinating stuff thank you for doing this reggie as always we had a lot to unpack we'll check in with you tomorrow thank you always enjoy checking in with chikini by the way i did have the opportunity to watch uh, reggie's story about uh, the importance of a ruling to come down on uh, children within the foster system or those uh, up for adoption and lgbtq2 plus people in the united states wanting to adopt kids I highly recommend you go to globalnews.ca and and Google that or search that uh, on our platform. It is uh, quite the story.